With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Future Brew, Michigan football. Ball recruiting podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Uh, we are down one of our uh, podcast members today, but I am uh, so thankful to be joined as always by my good friend, Maize and Brew recruiting contributor, John Simmons. John, how you doing today, man? Good. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I myself had a, a good Christmas. I kept it as low key as possible. Saw a few family members and exchanged some gifts and all of that. And, uh, and I, I hope you uh, did a somewhat similar thing there, John. And I hope our listeners did as well. And uh, hope everybody has a, a safe a new year uh, coming up this Friday too. Uh, but uh, sticking to recruiting, um, there, there's not a ton really going on. We'll get to something in the 22 class uh, in a little bit, but I did want to kind of dive in to the transfer portal options for the 21 class here, or not really the 21 class, I suppose, but guys who would be coming in along with the freshman incoming 2021 class. And uh, a couple guys of note here that 
Matt Dudek, the recruiting director, has been following on Twitter over the last week or so, and they're there's a trend here, John. They're all on the defensive side of the ball, and they're pretty much all at positions of need. Uh, these guys that Dudek has been following on Twitter, and they've, for the most part, been following him back. Now, one of the options did uh, go off the board uh, this weekend, and uh, that's Timothy Horn, the defensive tackle for Charlotte. He ended up committing to Kansas State. Uh, so that is one guy that you can cross off the list there. Uh, but still... A few defensive tackles, uh, one cornerback and one linebacker that uh, I think we should highlight here today that Michigan is definitely uh, reaching out to. And I would imagine that they're probably in the uh, in the recruitment here for all of these guys. A couple guys in particular um, are particular here that um, I, I think they really have a good shot with. And let's just start with one of those guys, and that's Muhammad Diallo, the uh, defensive tackle who is a, a former Central Michigan Chippewa fire up chips. He is uh, listed at 305 pounds on their website. He started four games this year. John had 19 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. So he didn't get a ton of playing time here just because of the pandemic and everything going on, but he made the most of it. And uh, he also played his college ball at the Juco level. And he also had a season at Texas A&M. So this would be his final season of college football, uh, wherever he ends up transferring to. Uh, you would imagine that with the pipeline to CMU, with uh, Shane Morris going from Ann Arbor to CMU, and then Mike Dana coming from a CMU to Michigan a couple years ago, and then you have the uh, Sharon Moore connection there as well. Um, this is probably one of the guys that you have the best chance with just given the in-state ties here and uh, the relationship that uh, Michigan has with CMU, I would imagine that if Michigan doesn't end up landing him, that they would be one of the finalists in this recruitment. What do you think, John? Yeah, I'm glad we started with Diallo because I think he's the top guy uh, to consider for sure. If you're Michigan, um, you know, he's local. He has performed probably the best, I think, out of uh, the realistic uh, defensive tackle options that uh, Michigan's pursuing right now. He, he got first team Mac this year, which wasn't, you know, it was an abbreviated game. So stats weren't that great, but he's um, obviously performed well. Uh, I think he's, he's good size, six, four, three Oh five is over 300 pounds, which all these guys are. Which ding, ding, probably, ding, 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 yeah. <laughs> get him on board. Every fan's ears. Yeah, uh, for sure. That's all they need. Um, yeah. He's taking, taking a weird path. He's was from Canada, then had to go to Juco and A&M, like you said, now I think Michigan's fortunate they ended up at an in-state directional school and they already showed that Dana had uh, success taking the same path as Diallo would. I mean, he's already contributing in the NFL. I think he's already mm -hmm. exceeding expectations of what uh, even Michigan fans thought he would come in before uh, he performed here. So I think that's probably my number one guy and I think he's the most realistic too. So hopefully this is the one that works out. Yeah, given the position of need, and the production that he had at CMU this year and uh, the fact that uh, he is an in-state guy, I think this probably is the best chance that Michigan has at landing a defensive tackle that's currently in the portal right now. I think 
if he comes to Ann Arbor, he would probably be one of those instant plug and play guys. He could play right alongside Chris Hinton. Um, or I guess just depending on if Carlo Kemp's back, uh, I don't, I don't think Kemp's coming back though. Um, but you could probably play him right alongside Chris Hinton and have a, a pretty decent pairing there on the interior defensive line. Obviously you're going to need some depth as well. So perhaps one of these other defensive tackles, uh, that Matt Dudek is following on Twitter could end up coming to Ann Arbor with Diallo. If that is the case for him, um, let's go to another player, um, who, he, he played in the Big Ten the last few seasons and uh, started the last two seasons at Penn State, and that's Antonio Shelton. He's another defensive tackle, uh, even bigger than Diallo. He's three, listed at 327 pounds. Uh, this past year, uh, he had 14 tackles, 14 and a half for loss, three and a half sacks, a forced fumble, and a pass deflected. And the previous year, he had 17 tackles. Uh, four for loss and half a sack. This would also be his final year of college football. So again, uh, the track record uh, isn't there like it is for Diallo. Uh, Shelton, uh, obviously just starting the last two seasons here at Penn State. Um, the stats don't pop out to you, but he would be another one of those guys that at the very least, he's a run a gap a contributor there. He's, he's not going to be a uh, pass rush specialist by any means. He's not going to be like a Mo Hurst who just buries the center and, and gets to the quarterback with ease, uh, but he would still absolutely bring uh, quite a bit to Ann Arbor if he did end up committing to Michigan. What do you think about Antonio Shelton uh, being a prospect of, of uh, uh, Matt Dudek and Sean Nua and I guess really whoever the defensive coaches are here when it's all said and done? Yeah, Shelton was pretty low ranked out of high school. He was a uh, 82, 84 in the Capazzi's, uh in the 1400s ranked overall. I was kind of surprised to see the Penn State landed him usually because they don't really dip that far down. Um, but he is from a, 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 a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. So I think Michigan fans would like that. They're always screaming to uh, mm-hmm. recruit Ohio more. So I think they would like him for that. He is, I think, like you mentioned, not really a pass rush guy. He's the heaviest out of all these guys at 327 pounds. So I think he's more of the stout, you know, gap filler that's going to just clog up holes in the middle and probably be better in the run. I do like that, you know, after the first three years on campus, he didn't really do much, you know, statistically wise. But this past year, um, in, you know, fewer games, he produced a lot more. He tripled his sack uh, career high. Um, Mm -hmm. He's making, you know, I think a bigger contribution. So I think there may still be a little bit of, ceiling there to tap into if Michigan wanted to go after him. Um, I, I think, you know, intra-division uh, transfers like this from one big school to another can be pretty rare. So I'm wondering, you know, what type of school Shelton's looking to, to go after. But I think if Michigan wanted mm-hmm. him, uh, given the proximity to, you know, his hometown and uh, Michigan's need, I think it would be a good fit. Yeah, maybe not an instant starter in my mind like Diallo would be, but at the very least, he would be a depth piece that, I mean, Michigan needs it. They need guys along that interior defensive line, whether it's starting depth guys, they need anybody really. Um, you know, maybe think of like a Brian Monet kind of guy who doesn't really start, but he comes off the bench and provides some meaningful snaps there. So uh, that could be uh, an, an option for the Wolverines moving forward in the transfer portal. Let's stick with defensive tackle since uh, <laughs> Matt Dudek has been busy diving into the tape, I'm sure, of these defensive tackles and the guys that are in the portal. And uh, we'll go to the ACC 
for this next guy, Duke Blue Devil, and that's Derek Tangelo, the defensive tackle there, listed at 310 pounds. So, again, all these guys listed over 300 pounds. So, that is uh, welcome news to Michigan fans all over uh, in, in regards to uh, defensive line recruiting. Uh, in, in terms of his production, um, he started 17 games out of the 34 total career games that he's had. And this past season actually performed pretty well. Uh, he had 40 tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and a pass deflected, which was a big step up from last season in which he only had 23 tackles and two tackles for loss. Uh, th- again, this would be his final year of college football, so you only get one year out of him. Uh, but a- another interesting uh, option here uh, for Michigan, uh, if you're considering that he's had experience, he's uh, contributed on the stat sheet uh, as, as soon as this past season he did. And uh, he has starting experience in a power five conference. So this is another really intriguing option here, John, that I think Michigan would be very happy uh, taking in. Yeah. He's someone I think is probably on the same level as Shelton to me, probably not a, a starter, but probably uh, would make a good experience rotation guy. You know, he started for a few years at Duke. He looks like his sophomore and senior years are about in line of what his talent is. He probably got hurt or something in his junior year and played fewer games. But I think he's another guy that uh, is not going to flash, you know, and be an outstanding uh, guy that you rely on. But he's a body. And if uh, Michigan strikes out on other guys in the portal, then, yeah, he's definitely someone you can add. And I think, you know, coming from Duke, I think he'd be a pretty good culture fit as well. So those are the defensive tackles that, uh, Dudek has followed on Twitter over the last uh, last few days or week or so. Uh, let's move over to the defensive backfield uh, because they're going to need some help at corner as well. For as bad as the defensive line really looked this past year, you could argue that cornerback, uh, the cornerback position was worse with uh, those guys not really getting a ton of um, you know, successful, you know, no, t- no real big turnovers or anything. I, I think uh, this guy would be an interesting option. A guy that Dudek followed recently uh, who is in the transfer portal is Jamie Robinson, who is a defensive back who played in the SEC at South Carolina. And the difference between Robinson and the other guys that we mentioned is he's only going to be a junior next year. So he's going to have a couple years left in the tank uh, to contribute in the defensive backfield. So this could be a pretty interesting addition here. He's 5'11", 195. As a true freshman, uh, he started three games, played in 12 total, had 62 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, an interception, five passes deflected, and a forced fumble. And this past season, he stepped up as well with 74 tackles, two for loss, one interception, and five passes deflected again. And he also handled kick return duties his freshman season, and he handled punt return duties this past season. So a really versatile guy who you could probably throw right in there, whether you want to play him on the outside or at the nickel spot uh, on defense. Um, And then you also have the potential for him to be a return guy if you don't want somebody – uh, you know, back there who was uh, punting returning or kick returning. Uh, obviously, I think you leave Giles Jackson for kick returning, so perhaps uh, put him back there for punts. And uh, you've got a real a Swiss Army knife kind of guy that, again, they've been lacking versatile guys who have been making big plays like that. 
uh, with five passes deflected both his freshman and sophomore season, as well as a couple picks there uh, throughout his career. Uh, could make a really nice addition if uh, Michigan pushes here. Yeah, I think he's a little bit a notch above most guys that enter the transfer portal. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, South Carolina fired Will Muschamp this year, so he's probably looking uh, to go somewhere else. And, you know, he's performed really well. He's a day one starter as a freshman, was a freshman All-SEC uh, selection and, uh, you know, got some All-American, freshman All-American love too. And so I think he's uh, performed really well. He used to be a Michigan target too. Um, he wasn't super serious, but I do remember his name coming up um, a little bit in the 2019 cycle. So I like that he can play. He still has a few more years of eligibility. He's performed uh, well on the field so far. He's got the versatility. Uh, like you said, Nicholas safety, he, he can move him around the field a lot. So I think uh, he would be a pretty interesting guy to go after. I, I would definitely like to see him added to the roster for sure. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think you nailed it that this is going to be probably one of the more coveted guys in the transfer portal in terms of, um, I, I guess, schools reaching out to him. I, I think he's probably going to get some real attention here, probably from some other SEC programs as well. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bamas of the world would would want to uh, go after him. Uh, he's a young player with some promise and uh, would make a fine addition wherever he ends up going. Uh, the last guy here that I want to mention, and uh, I uh, thank you, John, for bringing him up because it totally slipped my mind when we were planning for this podcast, uh, is a guy that Dudek does not follow on Twitter because I don't believe he has a Twitter. And that's Treshawn Hayward. And uh, he is a linebacker who played at Western Michigan University. He's from Ypsilanti and went to Skyline High School in Ann Arbor. So there are some ties there as well. So again, uh, kind of like Diallo, uh, there's some connections here that would really make you believe that Michigan is a legitimate uh, contender in this recruitment. Uh, This past season uh, for the Broncos, he had 50 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss and half a sack. And that was in five games. So he was averaging 10 tackles a game. That's pretty good. Uh, In 13 games last year, he had a whopping 142 tackles. And that's not a typo. Uh, on Western's website. I hope not, at least. Uh, Ten and a half for loss, five sacks, one pass deflected, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Uh, This would also be his final season of college football, like most of the other guys that we mentioned. So, again, uh, with the way that, I guess, just the defense played in general this past season, it really wasn't good, but I was really – really disappointed in the way that the linebackers play. Josh Ross, he didn't look like the guy that he once was. Cam McGrone definitely didn't look like the guy that he was last year when he burst onto the scene when Josh Ross got hurt. So any addition that is going to make everybody better uh, is one that, in my opinion, you definitely try and uh, take a swing at. And I think Hayward is one of those guys that would make guys better in the room uh, moving forward, not only just for the one season that he would be in Ann Arbor, but I think he brings a lot to the table that hopefully the younger guys like Kalel Mullings and Nakai Hill Green uh, would take to heart and maybe uh, transition into their game as well. So uh, could could be a very good pickup here for Michigan. Again, uh, if they even really want to uh, compete here, uh, again, Dudek's not following him, so I'm not sure if uh, there's any interest there because he doesn't have a Twitter, uh, but would be, uh, again, another good addition here to the defense, John. Yeah, he would definitely be someone that was like the Mike Dana recruitment a couple of years ago, someone who's transferring up from a G5 
uh, school after, you know, being one of the, the best players in his conference and seeing if he has the chops to make it, you know, in a, a power five league and, and uh, trying to improve his draft stock. So I think that's what Hayward would be looking for. And I think it would uh, definitely make sense for Michigan to pursue him there. There's not a lot of experience in the linebacker uh, room right now. They have a lot of talented guys, but they're all pretty young. So I think adding a, a fifth year senior who's just a tackle machine puts up tons of production uh, at Western. I think that would be a really good uh, addition just for leadership and kind of setting the tone. And I think it would also be great for Hayward to, you know, try to try and prove himself against uh, some of the best competition that uh, college football has to offer. Yeah. I mean, you might as well take a swing at this, at this recruitment here. If you're looking to upgrade the linebacker corpse, which at this point, uh, the way that they played the linebackers last year, they, they need to do something, uh, either play the younger guys or, or take in a transfer portal option like Hayward. Um, you know, I, I think he would probably be one of the better additions. Like you said, it, it really is kind of similar to Dana in terms of the best production uh, in the Mac as, as far as statistics go and just the way that he played. I mean, he, he showed up in pretty much every single game. So, yeah, you, you take a swing at a guy like that with the ties that he has to the, the uh, Ann Arbor area, him attending Skyline High School, being from Ypsilanti. Yeah, why not? You might as well take a shot if you're Michigan hoping to improve on any position, really, uh, in the portal. You definitely go for it. It's pretty much like free agency at this point. So might as well take a shot. Uh, so th- those are the guys that uh, Dudek has been uh, following on Twitter outside of Hayward. And we will definitely bring you guys the latest if there are any other additions to the portal that we think that they'll have a shot at or think that they'll go after at some point. Uh, but those those guys that we just mentioned, those those five guys are probably the, the ones that Michigan is going to contend with uh, the most uh, in terms of guys currently in the portal. So we will uh, take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the latest 22 edition for Michigan. But first, let's talk about our latest sponsor here on Maze and Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear, so they really don't screw around when it comes to their designs. The team over at Homefield, they study every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they launched their Michigan line earlier this year, and they really do have some amazing original designs that you will not find anywhere else, uh, from T-shirts to crewnecks. They have everything you need to stay cozy while rooting for your favorite team this bowl season. Uh, so if you are looking for some vintage apparel, Look no further than Homefield and use the promo code MNB to get 20% off your first order. And MNB as in Maze and Brew, that will get you 20% off not just one item, but your entire order. So use that promo code at checkout, homefieldapparel.com. If, if you didn't shop for Homefield Apparel for the holidays this year, you really missed out. I bought uh, some stuff from Homefield for my family uh, this holiday season, and they loved it, fit actually really well and uh it's really soft stuff as well so if you're looking for something uh to stay cozy this holiday season this winter go to homefieldapparel.com promo code mnb this episode is sponsored by better help 
we all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back and over the holiday break so to speak, I didn't really have uh, a holi- much of a holiday break, but uh, I'm sure most of the normal world did. Um, but Connor Jones, the 22 offensive lineman from Monument, Colorado, that we actually discussed on our last podcast, John, um, he ended up committing to Michigan on Christmas Eve, a little bit of an early Christmas gift for uh, Ed Warner and those guys. He is number uh, 776 overall on the composite. Listed at 6'7", 285, picked Michigan over Northwestern, Indiana, Virginia, and a handful of other schools. He ended up visiting uh, Michigan a couple weekends ago and came away very impressed uh, with what he saw. And uh, he visited Northwestern and Indiana uh, that same weekend as well. But obviously, I liked Michigan uh, the most to end up committing to uh, the Wolverines. So he's the first offensive lineman in Michigan's 2022 class. He was one of uh, Ed Warner's top targets and uh it's good to get top targets locked up so soon um kind of reminiscent of a giovanni el hadi recruitment there where you just you you send the offer and not long after what he saw he ended up committing so uh good pickup there uh, in terms of potential john you wrote up a scouting report which is live now on mazenbrew.com if you haven't checked that out yet, go do so. What do you like from Connor Jones, and what do you think he needs to improve upon before he gets to Michigan? Well, you know, Warner has a type for his left tackle prospects. Um, he really likes them tall and lean. Um, I think he's had a six-seven guy in the last three classes, and Jones is going to be this guy now. Um, so he's got the true left tackle frame, um, and he's a little bit farther along in that development. Most of these guys have been, you know, like former tight ends like Ryan Hayes or uh, Jeffrey Percy who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grow into the position. But I think Jones has been playing it for more often. He's already 290, so I think he's a little bit further ahead, which is a good uh, good thing. But despite that size, he's uh, has good bend and flexibility. I think he can get down and play with good leverage. Um, I really like his hand placement uh, and his engagement with defenders. He, he locks on the guys, and he doesn't let them go. He 
you know, drives them and finishes uh, blocks. Um, but I do think there are some more glaring uh, flaws that I think most Michigan prospects uh, don't have. have uh, there's a couple plays on the game that I watched that just, uh, you know, shouldn't be happening to a power five guy. Um, a lot of them with this footwork. I know Steven in our last uh, podcast was threw in that he was really worried about his, his footwork. And after watching this, I definitely agree. You know, it's, he doesn't move his feet very well getting off blocks, especially run blocking. He's not asked to drive a lot, which is weird. He mostly just kind of takes an inside step and hinges out and they run the other way. So he just kind of has to wall off the backside tackle. So he doesn't really, you know, move out, take steps off the snap, which, you know, saps all of your power and uh, doesn't get you the momentum that you need to push guys. So I think he has to work on that. He also has to work on, you know, his balance and keeping a wide base. He got tripped up on a just a little inside move that the defensive end put on him and put him on his face. So that was a little concerning to see. So I think he's going to have a lot of work um, to do before he can see the field. Um, but I think Warner really, really likes his tape. Um, you know, he's been a top target for a while. He was one of the first guys to go after Jones and consider uh, offering him. So I think I'm just going to trust Warner in this one. He's, his evaluations are historically really good. So uh, we'll have to see in a few years where he ends up. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I mentioned this last week too, is a guy that Ed Warner likes is a guy that Michigan fans should like. He has the track record of developing offensive linemen, whether they're highly ranked or not coming out of high school. And Connor Jones just happens to be one of those guys that isn't highly ranked at the moment, but could end up developing into a very nice tackle. Um, kind of like, honestly, in this past uh, class, this 2021 class with Tristan Bounds at the time that, I think he got, um, uh, or well, Michigan got the commitment from Tristan Bounds. He was ranked a lot lower than what he ended at. He ended at 419. Um, I, I want to say he was in the six or seven hundreds when he committed to. I, I remember him going, going up in the rankings. Uh, let's see here. It's it, he was an 85 on the composite. He's an 88 now. So he he moved his way up um, from from when he first got offered and when he committed. So could be uh, another kind of telling thing here with Connor Jones, perhaps if he's able to get in a good senior season and uh, continue to show out and improve at the left tackle position, which you would imagine is where he would end up at, at Michigan, whether it's the left or right side, because he has played both in his high school career up to this point. He played on the right side. Um, I want to say his sophomore season and then played left tackle uh, this past year uh, from the tape that I was watching. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a raw kind of guy. He's, he's a developmental prospect, but that's the good thing about offensive linemen. You don't need these guys to come in right away and, and be a plug and play guy. Uh, Michigan's never been the kind of place where you have to rely on, on a true freshman, even this past season when Zach Zinter was getting a ton of time, they weren't relying on him uh, necessarily to play at that right guard spot. He was just the better talent of the guys that they had. And obviously they had some injuries and COVID issues, um, but you've got guys waiting in the wings at the offensive lineman position, whether it's left tackle center, wherever. And Connor Jones, isn't going to be a guy that starts his true freshman season. He's going to be a guy that red shirts, hundred percent. Maybe he competes redshirt freshman season. Maybe it's a little after that. That's the good thing about 
the way that Michigan has been recruiting offensive line because before Ed Warner came to town, they weren't recruiting the offensive line position like they were now. They're taking four and five guys every every cycle at this point. Back when Tim Drevno was coaching the offensive line, there would be times where they would only take two guys in a in a cycle, and you can't do that. And so the way that they've been recruiting offensive line, I have no problems with them wanting to take a guy like Connor Jones that you think has potential but has to wait a little bit, has to get into the college weight room, has to develop some of those key traits that you pinpointed, John. And uh, I, I think things will be okay at the end of the day. Cause we had some comments on Mason brew from the commitment article about all oh, going after three stars, typical Michigan, typical Harbaugh. And it's like, we'll pump the brakes. You know, this is what Ed Warner has been doing pretty much his entire career. He's never been a guy that is consistently landing five-star prospects. This is a guy that has developed and recruited three stars consistently, and he's done a pretty good job at it, I would say. So if I'm a, if I'm talking to the Michigan haters at this point, I'm just saying pump the brakes, give the kid a chance to show himself, and it's not going to be an immediate, we need this guy to start. Yeah, it's definitely the benefit of having so much depth. Um, you can take risks like this and, and see what happens. Uh, I think that that's definitely the trajectory that, Michigan's been going for with their left tackle guys anyway. Um, but, you know, they've been doing it for a few years. So, you know, when Jones gets to campus, then maybe Percy is, is up to to the level to be able to play. So yeah. you just kind of want to keep that, uh, that uh, factory line moving and just pumping these guys out. Uh, like Wisconsin, you know, you look over there, you know, they rarely start guys on the offensive line that – haven't been on campus for at least three, four years. Yeah. And I think that experience really helps, you know, having a guy like Ben Bredesen or Mason Cole start four years helps them later in the, in their careers. But for the first couple seasons, they look uh, pretty like a uh, liability sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's, it's better to have that experience, I think. And, um, you know, in the world of the transfer portal, things like that, if a guy's not working out, I think it becomes pretty clear. And it's not the worst thing that, uh, you know, maybe the, the guy uh, decides to leave and get playing time somewhere else and Michigan can, uh, you know, get a, a replacement. Yeah, like Willie Allen. I mean, they just picked up a guy in the in, in the transfer portal this this uh, 21 cycle here, Willie Allen, um, on the offensive line. And he's he's going to be a tackle for Michigan all the way, whether it's on the left or right side. I would anticipate him being on the right side uh, at this time just because they've already got Ryan Hayes over on the left side and he's – been pretty good over at uh, left tackle. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things that you take these guys and, and you let them sit and develop and build up the strength needed for Big Ten defensive linemen. It's not like uh, this is a wide receiver pickup by any means. I mean, you know, because th- those positions you, you can you can put out on the field and start right away. Xavier Worthy, I, I think he's going to be a guy that probably sees, uh, if not starting time, very significant snaps uh in in michigan's offense next season um he'll probably get some some time on special teams as well right away i would anticipate that but yeah offensive lineman i mean this is in my opinion it's a fine pickup Uh, he's he's not going to blow you away with his tape right now but if you give him a chance to to develop all that stuff i think he could end up being a good prospect under ed warner uh, just given uh, his uh, his time in Ann Arbor, he's he's done some pretty good work with uh, with with not a ton. I mean, he had to he had to put uh, 
um, oh, why am I blanking on his name at left tackle uh, a couple of years ago? Uh, I'm blanking on his Michigan. name, John. Yeah, in the 2019 uh, 2019 season. Uh, I want to see. Oh gosh, what's the? I'm blanking on the guy's name. I'm sure everybody is yelling at me uh, listening to this right now. Um, he plays on the Green Bay Packers. He oh, got John drafted. Runyon. John Runyon. Runyon. I wanted to say John Jansen, but I'm like, nope, that's uh, <laughs> not not right. That's a, a little little uh, a little couple. Yeah, a couple decades old. But yes, yes, John Runyon. I mean, he's John Runyon was not a left tackle by any means, and he developed him into a pretty decent left tackle and got him drafted. So, yeah, I I would pump the brakes if I'm a Michigan hater. And uh, or not a Michigan hater, but a uh, Michigan offensive line recruiting hater, and uh, give it some time. And and uh, you know the good news here is that the 22 class is building up pretty nice here. They're really honing in on the trenches. Three of their five commits currently are either along the offensive or defensive line, and uh, they're in on a ton of other guys on the line as well. So. Um, do, do you think that they're going to try and build this 22 class from from the Lions? Because, I mean, with Alex Van Sumeren, the defensive tackle, Connor Jones, offensive tackle, and then Devontae Miles, the defensive tackle, in-state guy, um, they're, they're really shaping up here to uh, try and establish something along uh, the offensive and defensive lines, which is a pretty good thing to see considering that a defensive line especially didn't play all that well. But do you think that's kind of the – the move for this class here, John? It sure looks like it's so far. They're taking, you know, these guys early on, so they have to like them. And I, I think the, the goal is to take at least three defensive tackles. They've got two already, which is a really good start. And now they can kind of hunt for maybe the bigger, uh, higher-ranked prospects. Um, you're going to have to recruit Vince Sumer a little bit to hold off, you know, like, you know, he wants to visit Alabama and schools like that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to, you know, keep recruiting him to keep him on board. But, you know, his brother's on the team and he's an in-state guy, so it shouldn't be that bad. Um, but, yeah, on defensive uh, line for sure, you also need some depth at defensive end too. And they've, they've got some good options there. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, guys like Joe Strickland can play the either end or, you know, the three-tech position. I'm trying to avoid saying, like, anchor or any of that Don Brown terminology. <laughs> now that, yeah, he's gone. So, you know, you kind of got to wait for the defensive coordinator to get hired, too, so you can kind of see yeah. the prospects fit that uh, his their um, their philosophy and who they're going to target because, you know, the board yeah. could be very different. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. It certainly will. And, uh, yeah, with, with Don Brown being gone, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they, uh, if they end up uh, sending any other, uh, any, any offers to, to high ranked players, you know, kind of avoiding the new England area. That's uh, Don Brown territory as I, uh, as I typically call it there, it'll be interesting to see moving forward, uh, what kind of guys they go after. Uh, on defense especially um, with with all of this kind of influx and things changing quick um, yeah I think that's uh, all the time we got for today there I uh, appreciate everybody listening and tuning in as always you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon John where are you at at Simmons underscore John and you can follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew and be sure to like Maze and Brew on Instagram Facebook all that good stuff and Rate and subscribe all of our podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Go check out Steven Osentoski on the YouTube channel, Maze and Brew. 
uh, should pop up right there for you. Give him a subscribe. And, uh, and, and yeah, he's, he's doing some good stuff over on the YouTube channel. Hopefully we can uh, get Steven back next week. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but he slacked us and said uh, uh, he'll, he'll be able to join the next one and that he wants us to mention that uh, he would prefer Michigan to take 17 defensive tackles in the portal for 21. So uh, bold, bold take there. 17 guys. We're going to start some on offense, too. The whole line will be made up of <laughs> defensive tackles. Put, out, put all 17 guys on defense, and then, uh, you know, we got, we'll have a couple backups there. It'll, it'll work out, I'm sure. I'll have to ask Stephen about uh, the philosophy there next week. But, uh, but until then, uh, again, appreciate everybody listening, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. As always, go Blue.